Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey, wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! 
Guess what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Sacrilegious book club. All right. That's what yeah, we're doing. Sacrilegious book club. Yep. Okay. Um, we're still covering Asimov's Guide to the Bible, and we're in the Old Testament, starting with the book of Genesis. All right. Well, today, oh, yeah, today. we are covering, yeah, shut up. Sorry, you sound, it sound the way you, like, it, the intonation was like, sounded like we were coming to the end, so I was like, okay, let's do the end. No. Okay. Today, we are covering pages 83 through 100. All right. Now I'm done. Now you're done. Cut off Apotamus. Let's end it then. And let's okay. go get, no, I mean, not end it. Let's go into the thing. Let's read the book. Okay. Okay. Now, something else that I wish that I had said in the intro, but you were so impatient, <laughs> and and so I had to hurry up and just get it done. Yeah. Um. Anyways, there's only one more section after this. Only one more section? Of Genesis. Oh. I was yeah. like, we're, we didn't finish the book that fast, I know. No, no, we didn't. Okay. But um, the next section is um, pages 100 to 117. Yeah. And that's the last section that he covers of Genesis. And I'm very excited about that because did I mention that some of it's a slog? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not going to be less of a slog when we get into the, like, the arc building and shit like that. And shut your so. face. Um, because I'm just excited because forward motion, you know? Right. It, yeah. It means something. Finish something. Or yeah. almost finish something. Yeah. Okay. So um, today we are starting on page 83 of Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Okay. The Old Testament. Yep. With Moab and Ammon. Okay. Okay. Yep. Do you remember who those guys are? Um, no. I know you You were about to say kind of, but you don't. I remember the name Moab and I don't it's a really place. remember. That's, Moab yeah, is oh, a that's place. Right. That's, like the Moabites. Yeah. That's the way they were up on that plateau. That's where uh, dude uh, Balaam went, Balaam went to uh, go meet that king and then they, yeah, stuff. So... Um, it's also a group of people, which is relevant. Both of those things are relevant here because here's what happened. Oh, I don't know right. if you remember. Moses married a Moabite woman. Right, but I'm not talking I know, about I know, it just reminded me, that's oh all. Oh my God. Sorry. Chill. So the part that I'm at yeah. is not Moses. No, I know. Okay, so the part that we left off with was Sodom and Gomorrah getting destroyed. Yeah. And... Um, What's his butt saved Lot, his nephew Lot. Yeah. But Lot's wife turned back and turned to salt. Turned to salt, and that right. was sad. Womp womp. Yeah. So, but Lot and his two daughters escaped from the destruction of Sodom. Right. And do you remember what his daughters were about? Yes. It was Grody. They thought that the destruction was not just there, but that it was universal. So they literally thought it that was the end of the world. they were the only possible mothers of future humanity. Ah. And that's the only forgivable thing that it can even start to try to put to what they did, which is get their father Lot drunk and yeah. then hump him. Right. And then they both gave birth to... The nation of the Moabites and the Ammonites. Yeah. So Moab and Ammon. Okay. Okay? Yep. So that's why that's relevant. Okay. So they are descended from Lot. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that's that section. Okay. The next section is Gerar, and it's real short. That's page 84. And Abraham was like, bitch, bye. So he took off from the destruction, and he bounced over to Gerar. Okay. 
And that was in land that would eventually become run by the Philistines. Got it. Okay. Okay. But that's that. Right. So. Well, that was, okay, that's that. That was Gerar. Okay. Yeah. So, but I just like how I summarized it. Yeah. Bitch, oh, bye. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the next section is Beersheba, not to be confused with Bathsheba. Right. Okay, Beersheba, which starts on page 86. Okay. So there was that whole bit with Abraham and Sarah and their uh, concubines and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, where he had her servant and his servant and he married all of them. And, right. And had a million babies and yeah. whatever. So Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Right. And because of that, they cast out, at um, Sarah's insistence, they cast out Hagar and Ishmael. Right, right, which I thought was really shitty. It was, it was. But um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Okay. Okay? So water supplies mark the importance of a place. Obviously, because they were all about the fucking wells. Yes, exactly. Well... They lived in an arid desert, so it was very important to establish those. So when Abraham set up a well and established ownership of it with the king of Gerar, Gerar, that was considered the founding of the town of Beersheba. Got it. So... He so set all it takes that up. To found the town as a well. Well, no, he bought the land. He he bought the land and then set up the well. Got it. And so by owning the land and then setting up a well, that establishes a town. It's not just you, you have to have local agreement that that area belongs to you. You can't just sure. set up a well and it's not like putting the flag on the moon and saying that belongs to the U.S. Now, bye. Right. Right. So, a reliable well, obviously, is essential for permanent communities, and as you pointed out, that's why Genesis, Genesis goes on and on about the tradition of digging wells. And yeah, I got how, sick of hearing about fucking wells. So did I. So did I. But it makes sense why they would think it's important. Right. Even, even up to the point when they started putting all this down into a written format. Right. It was still important. Yeah. So when Palestine was under Turkish rule prior to World War One, mm-hmm. Beersheba was a small village with some wells still in existence. Huh. The largest of which was called the Well of Abraham. Wow. Yeah. Now that may or may not be the well that Abraham set up. But it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool, but this is even more like I don't know if it's cool but interesting. Today, Abraham's Well is a historical well which houses the Archaeology Museum of Beersheba, where you can book tours. Wow. Literally Monday through Friday, shorter hours on um, <laughs> Friday, and they're, they have a sign that says, no pets allowed. <laughs> so, I just thought that was interesting. Like, you can literally go there and visit a place that, even if it's not that specific well, it's still dates back pretty far. Right, right. And that's just cool. And there's some sense that it could be if at least not, related to Abraham's well. Right. If it's not specifically Abraham's well, it's still in the right neighborhood. Right, right. And that in itself is cool. Yeah. So that's that section. Um, going on to page 87, we're going to talk about Paran. Okay. Now, remember we said Ishmael and Hagar took off? Yep. Well, they got kicked out. But right. when they got kicked out, they took off for Paran and um, he took an Egyptian wife. And the relevance of that is that um, Ishmael's mother, Hagar, yeah. was an Egyptian. Okay. So the Ishmaelites are all from Ishmael. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So that happened. Okay. All right. 
Okay, so next section is Moriah, page 87. Okay. And this is where Abraham offered, um, almost offered up his long-awaited son Isaac as a human sacrifice. Yeah, that was bullshit. It was bullshit. Now, the town of Moriah is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible or otherwise. Hmm, interesting. Tradition among some Jews indicates that it's the site at which the Temple of Solomon would eventually be built. Now, we don't know about the Temple of Solomon because for us, where we're reading the Bible, Solomon has only just been born as David's son. Yeah. So that is also referred to as Zion in most biblical references. So some people are like, oh, I wonder if, but it's not very likely based on history and geography. Sure, sure. All that. That's a stretch. There's a lot of not very likelies in the Bible. Right, right. (laughs) But people want to make connections and they want things to coincidentally um, tie together and create this greater sense of continuity, history, tradition. Right. And they just want it to be beautiful. Real bad. Real bad. Like real bad. I mean, we do that sometimes in our lives, not religious stuff, but we're like, oh, I, I, okay, think about how we're like, we thought it was really cool that um, the, the well of Abraham just now. Yeah. Like, yeah. if that was still the same well, that would be cool. Right. Why would it be cool? History. I don't know, but it's still cool. History. Right. Well, like, the, to be able to go visit the well of a guy who basically spawned all of the shitstorm that is right, Western and Middle Eastern religions. Three, you know, like, the three Abrahamic religions. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. I mean, insofar, like, this guy, that guy, is responsible for a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot. I mean, do you think that, like, religious wars are blood on his hands? I mean, he didn't know any of this was going to transpire. Neither did Jesus, for that matter. Right. <laughs> But I mean, it, there is there is an awful lot that has spawned from Abraham, you know. True. So I mean, like that is a it's it's a big thing, right? So I, I yeah, you know, what I don't know. What hell hath you wrought, Abraham? Right. So the next section is a ram and cheesed. Just kidding. It's cheesed or cheesed or cheese it. Not cheese it. No, or not cheese it. Okay. I'm gonna say cheesed because okay. that just sounds most. Um, I don't know, accenty. Sure. Um, and that's on page eighty-eight. Okay. So Abraham's brother Nahor, back in Haran, um, begat lots of begats. Oh yeah, okay? he did. Um, the only two that I'm gonna mention here are um, Aram, and that's um, the Aramaeans. Okay. But there's a question because um, was he born to Shem or Kemuel? If he was the son of Shem, then that indicates the Aramaeans were independent at the time that Genesis was reduced to writing. Okay. If he was the son of Kemuel, uh, or Kemuel, that indicates the kinship of the Arameans to the Israelites. So there's hmm. some question there. And, you know, that always gets you in trouble when you have people's names and you're not sure who to attribute them to or if it's like... Right. Two different guys with the same name. Like, you, you just never know which way to go. Yeah. Chesed is um, the father of the Chalde- uh, Chaldeans. Okay. Or Chaldeans. Sure. Which, I mean, that comes back. You know, we talk about them some bit. Yeah. And then Rebecca, who is the daughter of Bethuel, 
She's also the first cousin of Isaac, which, which yeah, I remember this means that she married her cousin, which is gross, right? And, and she becomes therefore one of the ancestresses of the Israelites, right? Okay, okay? so yep. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, it's no wonder that Rebecca is still to this day a very popular name among Christians and Jews alike, right? So, as far as women in the Bible goes, she was a big thing, right? Even though she isn't given much mention, she's given some mention, and that's kind of cool. And is the mother of... It, right. right. I mean, that's yeah. cool. Next section starts on page 89, and it is Makpalah. Um, Abraham... Sounds like a Klingon dish. It really does. Makpalah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah move back to Hebron, right? Uh-huh. So they're going along, and then Sarah eventually dies, of course. That's right. sad. Abraham purchases the burial plot from the local right, Hittites. for a certain amount of silver. Mm-hmm. And then that's where he is eventually buried, too, along with his son and his son Isaac and Isaac's son and wife. Right. So there's, like, this whole bunch of, of people. people. that got buried there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Traditionally, the site of this cave has been located and is enclosed in fortress-like stone walls, the enclosure of which is called Haram which means the forbidden place, and a mosque is present there. So they know where this place is. Traditionally, Traditionally. We, we think. That means... Oh, so like they think they know the place, but they're not like yeah. 100% sure. Yeah, and clearly not enough archaeology has been done on that site, and there's a mosque there now. At least so. as of 1967. <laughs> right, right, right. 68. This book came out in 68. 68. That's why I, I, you know... Yeah, so... Um, it may or may not be the site. It's right. still probably some kind of historical thing, but maybe not, you know, biblically speaking. Okay. So Mesopotamia, next section, starts on page 90. Okay. So Isaac needs a wife, but not a Canaanite one, obviously, because gross, right? We hate the Canaanites. <laughs> Ooh. So Abraham sends a guy over to his brother in Nahor over to his brother Nahor in Haran. Okay. Because he's like, yo, my my son needs a wife. Right. So the area surrounding Haran is only called Mesopotamia by Greek translations, hmm. not Hebrew ones. Okay. Not, like, not originally. The original Hebrew term is Aram Naharim, which, you know, his brother is Nahor. So Naharim. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And... Um, Aram Naharim means um, between the rivers, which denotes the Tigris-Euphrates region. Sure. So, okay. I mean, we just have to remember as we're going through this, all of these people are not actually persons. They're all nations and right. tribes, mostly tribes. Right. And so when we say somebody fought somebody else, what we mean is this tribe fought that tribe. Right. And that's going to be relevant a little bit later in this um, episode. So okay. just hang on to that notion. And I, I know I'm, I keep repeating that. Um, so I apologize if it, if it's old hat, it's just very important to keep that front and center of all that we're reading here in the book of Genesis. Okay. Currently. Um, and when I say currently, I mean, as of the time that Asimov wrote this, which yeah. as you pointed out is 1968. Right. Um, it's referred to via the native name of the land, which is Iraq. Okay. And it does not, Iraq does not actually, or at least it didn't at this time, house Haran within its borders. It's like okay. right outside. Got it. Got um, it. Um, I'll tell you in a minute where it is, but sure. that's a different section. All right. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, oh, 
we know we rock. Right. <laughs> we yeah. know that one. Yep. So the next section is Syria, page 91. Okay. And so Isaac marries Rebecca, you know, gross. Right. Whose brother is Laban the Syrian. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But Greek Syrian means Hebrew Aramean. So there you go. Got it. And um, that area, uh, Syria, houses Haran within its borders. So, okay. um, so Haran is in Syria then? Yeah. Or what is... Okay. Yeah. Which is near Iraq. Right, right. And um, as we learned during one of our last episodes, I can't remember which one, Damascus is the capital there. Right. So... Yep. Yay. Okay. Next section. Midian or Median, page 92. Okay. Abraham took another wife, Keturah, who bore him lots of kids, among them Midian and Shua. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those are eponyms of various Arabian tribes, which Got it. we know. Yep. And the Midianites and the Ishmaelites are used almost synonymously in the Bible due to their close proximity. So anytime you hear Midianite, you can also think Ishmaelite and vice versa. Okay. And we talked about this in the last, I think, book club maybe, or sometime recently. Um, but the, the the names that we're using for these people mm-hmm. who had kids and what have you, they're all tribes. They're yes. all, it's not, we're not really talking about people necessarily. We're That's talking literally about, what I just said. No, I know. I'm just reminding. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, because the, the Bible is very people or, like, specifically people. The names begat the names. Right. But, but it's, it's the they're referring to tribes and they're refer- to referring tribe. to groups. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, there's going to be something that I say later on that kind of makes me appreciate something a little better than I did the first time through. Got it. Um, but anyway, next section is Edom, page 92. Okay. Isaac and Rebecca have twin sons. Do you mm. remember their names? I do not. Esau and Jacob. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. And Esau, they like chased each other and fought each other and did all kinds yeah. of stuff and like one was like trading um, mm-hmm. things for you know birthright shit and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Exactly. So Esau was the hunter. He's an outdoors man, loud and crass, and he was loved by Isaac. And as the older one, the one that came out first, he was entitled to the birthright as well as the father's blessing as chief heir. I remember and, I was pissed off because he traded it for soup. Right, but hold on a second, because I just said something that when we first read through the Bible, we were kind of confused. Okay. The birthright is a separate thing from the father's blessing as chief heir. And so when, um, those are two separate items. Okay. So we were confused because um, Jacob later on tricks him in order to get the blessing. Right. And we were like, I thought you already fucking had it. I don't understand. Right, right. It was two separate items. Okay. So that, for whatever reason, either it wasn't phrased really well, go figure it was the Bible. Or it just didn't click. Or the way Isaac Asimov phrased it made it make sense. Got it. It's two separate items. Well, it's still not clear to me what the difference is. I don't know what the difference is, but it is very clear to them that it's two separate things. Okay. So you can be the heir but not have your father's blessing and vice versa. Got it. And you can have the birthright and not be the heir. Okay. Or something like that. Sure. I'm not quite sure how that all works out. But to have both comes automatic if you're the firstborn son. Got it. So Esau gets renamed Edom, as in the Edomites. Right. 
um, which means red, after coming in hungry and tired, begging Jacob to feed him some lentils. Yeah. Which Jacob only does after demanding and receiving the birthright in exchange. So that's the first thing he does. Right. He gets the birthright. I think maybe the birthright is just like I get all of the... That it doesn't mean I'm the heir. It means that I get all the special privileges of being firstborn. Okay. So, like, I get the top bunk. I get the pick of the larger bedroom. You know what I mean? Like We're how just we guessing, would. But... I'm just guessing, but that would be how I would maybe differentiate birthright, like the privileges of being born first, from um, blessing as the chief heir. Right. Right. Because. Otherwise, what's the point of having two separate things? Sure. So um, so he gets the birthright. Okay? He doesn't yet have... He's not yet the heir. Got it. He's just got the birthright. So okay. he gets the top bunk. Yep. Okay? Jacob then later on when... Um, what's his name? Isaac is um, sick and tired and old and dying and shit. Yeah. Um, Jacob steals the father's blessing by dressing in Esau's clothes and pretending to be his brother. Right. So he even put on like fucking goat skin or something mm -hmm, to feel hairy and like an outdoorsman. Right. So, you know, as I was like reading through these notes, I was kind of, um, I was kind of thinking that Esau and Jacob were kind of like, um, um, Cain and Abel, but in reverse. Yeah. Because Esau was the hunter, but he got tricked and, or robbed. Right. And, um, Jacob was the quiet one, whereas that was Abel in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in the first place, we've got um, the hunter is Cain, and he prevails. But here, the hunter is Esau, who gets... Wait, I thought I thought Cain was the farmer guy. Mm-mm. Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty oh, well sure then... about that, actually. Okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure about that. You could be right. I don't fucking I, know. I remember talking about how um, when they showed their things to God and all Cain had was just some vegetables and that might be white. And like he was and God was going off about like, you know, the lamb sacrifices that Abel had made and that made Cain jealous. And that was what contributed to him murdering him. Oh, OK. So, okay. yeah, I, I think I'm right. OK, well. Because, okay, because they would have been arguing about the settledness. No, the, hold on, hold on. They were all, uh, you know what? I really can't remember. I have it really mixed up in my mind. But right. anyway, the comparison still stands, whether it's in comparison of them switching or comparison of being exactly the same. The comparison sure. still stands that... You know, one of them is more outdoorsy and one of them is quiet and, you know, mama's boy. Right. So, um, I'll, I'll have to look that up because I'm curious now which one was which. <laughs> but, um, at any rate, um, this represents how the Israelites, Jacob, the younger brother, entered Canaan only after the Edomites, which is Esau, the older brother, was already established. Got it. So, that's, again... That's the part I was referencing um, when we think of these people as being tribes, not persons. Right, right. Because right? the Israelites came in and took something that was already established. So, you know, the younger brother yeah. came in 
and then ruled over the Edomites. Got it. So that's what that section really meant. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. And so that kind of clears up that a little bit. Right. Um, but the next section is Bethel, page 93. Okay. So Rebecca sends Jacob away to protect him from his jealous older brother. Because right. she's like, uh, you stole his birthright as well as um, his blessing from his father. So you need to get your ass away from here. Right. You need to go get safe. And she was, that was his favorite. That was her favorite. Mm-hmm. Like her mm-hmm. favorite son. Yep. So she was also like, um, you can go get a wife from the descendants of Nahor. You know, right, right. that'll be great. You know, stay safe, get a wife. Awesome. Yeah. So while Jacob was on the run, he had a dream of a ladder, Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Which it was more likely a ziggurat. Okay. And, um, it extended to heaven and angels were ascending and descending. Mm-hmm. And he named that place Bethel, which means house of God, which is why it was more likely a ziggurat than a ladder. And it likely there was a holy temple or structure used to stand on that site. Okay. And that would kind of go with why he named it house of God or whatever. Sure, sure. So the next section is Reuben and his brothers, page 94. So we moved right ahead. Right. Okay. Jacob got to Haran. And he married Leah and Rachel. Yeah. And there was, you know, some trickery there. Sure. And they were the daughters of Laban, who was Rebecca's brother. Right. And so he literally married his first cousins. Gross. Right. Okay. Gross. Yep. So um, I'm going to real quick buzz through the names of the children. Okay. The wife, Leah, that was the one that um, he married first, accidentally. Yep. Um, she gave birth to Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Dinah, who is the only daughter mentioned. Got it. Okay. Yep. Then his wife that he actually had wanted to marry in the first place, Rachel, gave birth to Joseph, which we learn about later is the guy that got sold into Egypt, slavery, and right, the right. coat of many colors. and Yeah. Um, and Benjamin, which was the one that the little brother they all loved. Right. Um, okay, so Jacob also married two concubines. Bilba, who gave birth to Dan and Naphtali. And Zilpah, who gave birth to Gad and Asher. No wonder Dan was always like a mm-hmm. second afterthought type thing. Yeah. He was not really one of the true... Yeah, he was... Tribes. From a concubine. Right. So these represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because like Mm -hmm. it it really like, you know, the favorites are Jacob and and Benjamin as far as the tribes goes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're talking about favoritisms and stuff like that. You mean Joseph and Benjamin. Jacob's the father. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're like the favorites and and it works out that way in like further stories too. Mm -hmm. So like it's really. And Joseph and Benjamin are from his one true love, Rachel. Right. Yeah. And then. um the other one um, that's important is Judah, and I'll tell you about that guy in a minute. I just I but like the I like knowing that the reason Dan is Dan is because of you know this his, like that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's born of a concubine. Right. Not even the second wife, just a servant. Right. Right. Um, when the Israelite kingdom was divided, the Joseph tribes dominated the north. Okay. While the Judah tribes dominated the south. So, Joseph and Judah were the two most important right. tribes mentioned 
even though we hear about the Benjaminites uh, quite a bit. Well, yeah, because it was the baby and they, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, they were the crowd favorite, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All 12 tribes are Israelites, but only the Judah tribes are Judeans, which are Jews. Interesting. Yeah, that struck me. I was like, wait, what? And I'm assuming these are, at, at least at the time, considered different races of people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Different tribes, different races very, of people. Very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So next section is Seir, or Seir, okay. S-E-I-R, page 96. Jacob prospered in Haran and was finally able to leave with his wives and children. You know, remember he right. was, like, tied to um, Rachel and Leah's father. Yeah. And he kept not being allowed to leave. Right. Which Ever. Is bullshit. Um, he wanted to reconcile with his shitty brother Esau. Yeah. Or wait. No. With his good brother Esau. <laughs> um, Jacob was the one that, you know, right. was the yeah, bad yeah, guy yeah. there. Yeah. So I don't know why he said, sh- why I just said shitty brother. Right. Jacob was a shitty brother. Yeah. I think because we hear so much about Jacob, like in my mind, he's got to be the good one. Right. But wait, no. He's the fucking asshole. Right. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I screwed this guy over, so I'm not sure how this is going to go. Right. I remember um, it's, we thought they were going to get into a fight because Esau was a mass, like, bringing an army mm-hmm, and like, we're mm-hmm. like, oh, what's going to happen? So Seir is Edom, okay? Land which would eventually be occupied by the Edomites. Right. And Seir is also a mountain range. Okay. But Seir is also, also the highest peak of that range, which is called Mount Seir. But also Mount Hor, because the land used to be occupied by the Horites. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that's Seir. Got it. Okay? You got it? Sure. Okay, next section. Okay. Israel, page 97. Jacob is totally scared to meet his brother again for the reasons we mentioned. And he's concerned about crossing the river and leaving his family vulnerable. Because um, it's the um, Jabbok River. Sure. Or the Jabbok River. Right. And it's tough. And so he's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, he gets his family across. Like, he goes over early. He gets up early, takes everybody across, gets them over there safely. And then he's alone on the side. Um, you know, he's the last one to cross, basically. Sure. So he's alone over there. And a guy shows up and wrestles with him all I night. I remember that, and yeah. And we were like, the, the fuck? The fuck is that? Yeah. In the morning, the guy names him Israel. Right. We assumed um, that that had to have been God or something. Right. But what this is, um, this is tribes. Right. Not people. Yeah. So this means that up until that point, Jacob was this man over here giving birth to all these tribes. And then he crosses this river. And, they and then they are the one. children of Israel. Israel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point I was getting to. Got it. Where I was like. Oh. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. It was very, like, poetically written, and you're supposed to be able to read through the lines and understand that, okay, clearly Jacob did not really wrestle a guy all night, because that's just fucking weird. Right, right. No, okay. Well, but there's a lot of weird shit in the Bible, too. There is. So, I mean, like, it's hard to say. No, definitely, definitely. But this one, I'm like, okay, I got this one. This one makes sense. Right. It was when he crossed the river, he got everybody over, and he was the last one over, and as soon as he crossed over, they were no longer just individual people. They sure. They became solid. We are the tribes. We are the 12 
But I feel like this symbolism with regard to tribes is Mm -hmm. exclusively in Genesis, essentially. Yeah. Like, it's not... Because you get further on, and there are actual stories of people and kings and stuff. when you get into the Deuteronomistic history. Right. And yes, you are right, because it's different authors putting it all together. Sure. So... We've got these people early on just describing basically the history of the people of the the earth. Right, yeah. And so they are very... They told stories of people to remember all the people. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you're not wrong. You just have to remember why is all. Right, So really, we're not basing... I mean, maybe there were really some of these people or something. Like, maybe Abraham really existed, right? Who knows, whatever. Whatever, fuck cares. But uh, we're really just... We could just be describing groups of people, mm-hmm. like, and, and and maybe you know Abrahamic religions aren't based on Abraham, but on Abrahams. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just a group of people that was yeah. existing back then. Exactly. Exactly. That makes it a little easier to swallow. Like, instead of just one guy thinking right. about groups of people, makes it easier to understand how they were trying to just boil all this down to make it easier to remember and retain. Sure. But the game of telephone also has a tendency to mm-hmm. lose meaning as to what the original intent was. And then keep in mind the people putting this all together were writing <coughs> so much of this. Sorry. The people putting this all together were writing so much of this from their own perspective and understanding right. of what had happened, yeah. which adds another layer Definitely. of confusion. Definitely. So the last section here for today is Sheshem, which starts on page 98. Okay. So Esau greets Jacob without a grudge and treats him kindly. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. So Jacob's like, awesome, but can you leave me alone now? Thanks, K, bye. Right. Or K, thanks, bye. Right. Yeah. And so then he and his fam move in peace to the city of Sheshem. Okay. So that reconciliation was real short. It's like, you're not going to kill me? Okay, awesome, Moving bye. along. Yep, yep. yep. Um, here's some beer. Maybe we'll get together. Never. Sure. Yeah. So he moves to the city of Sheshem, which places a safe distance between him and where he grew up. Got Meaning it. between him and so his So it sounds brother. like maybe they brokered a deal. Like, you stay over there and I'll leave you the fuck alone. But yeah. you come any closer and, you know, That's more likely. Right. That is more likely. I mean, if I was Esau, I would be like, it's been years. I have had some mental health and therapy (laughs) and medication and I'm over it. I'm not going to kill you, but I do not want you around. Like, it's good to see you, bro, but never again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're clearly not trustworthy. I'm glad you have all these wives and children. Right. That's still not good for me because that makes it even worse for me, honestly. Right. So you just stay over there. Yeah. I'm not going to come after you. I have no interest in retribution. You know, my counselor says that, you know, that's not good for anybody. Right. So I'm working through my own shit. Sure. But please do not come home again. You know? Yeah. Just go. Right. And, you know, Jacob's like, sounds good to me. Cool. Later. Thanks for the beer. Right. (laughs) I'm outies. So the most the the most important city north of Jerusalem, based on strategic positioning between mountains and roads, is Sheshem. Okay. So it was great that he went there. Gotcha. Like, it was so. I mean, he, this guy can't lose. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Jacob just cannot lose. Um, the site sets between Bless and Curse Mountain. Remember oh, those? Interesting. Yeah, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Got it. 
Remember? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Romans eventually rebuilt a town near there, calling it Neapolis, huh. which is New City. Right. Neo yeah. and Polis. Right. Um, which is now called Nablus. Huh. That's its present name. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Sheshem rivaled Jerusalem in terms of being a sacred religious center, given it's where the first altar built by Abraham after entering Canaan sat. Huh. So it's pretty fucking important. Right. And yet prior to reading the Bible, I've never heard of Sheshem. Right. So. Yeah. Me either. Awesome. Right. So that is it for this section. Okay. Of the um, Asimov's Guide to the Bible. The Old Testament. Next time, we will be reading pages 100 through 117. Okay. And that will end the book of Genesis. Cool. We will cover the topics of Hamor the Hivite. I hope I said that that. right. Okay. Um, Ephrath, Bilba, Amalek, Seir the Horite, Bela and Jobab, Potiphar, Faraz and Zara, Pharaoh of Joseph, the river Nile, on, as in on my nerves, <laughs> Goshen, Ephraim and Manasseh, and finally Judah. Okay. Okay. So again, that's pages 100 through 117. Hope you have picked up a copy and are reading along. Otherwise, you can just listen to me try to summarize badly. Right. Oh, FYI, um, somebody had reached out to us on YouTube and asking where to find a copy of the book. Hmm. And um, I'll be honest with you, like if you look in the standard places like Amazon and stuff like that, you're probably not going to find one. Or if you do, it's going to be really freaking expensive. Um, but I just did, well, like when we got ours, I just did a Google search and found one on like Google Shopping for like 8 to 15 bucks. You can find one. You might so. also try um, thriftbooks.com, which is a really great um, privately owned, so not like this huge um, conglomerate. Um, they often have these kind of older books and you can get a really good deal and know that you're not buying from Amazon. So that's kind of cool. And but, no, we're not being paid for any of these spots. So you're welcome. Oh, no, not at all. I wish. Brief. <laughs> no, I get a lot of stuff from thrift books though. And I love them with all my heart. So yeah. shout out to them. Um, you might also check your library. Sometimes Maybe. libraries have these. And keep in mind, when they first came out, they were two volumes. So be sure to search both ways. Right, right. Yeah, you could find it in multiple different ways. There's three different books that you could find, the separate two books and then the combined book. So. Right, and we happen to purchase the combined book, which I'm glad of. Yeah, no, this lets us go into the whole Bible. The whole so, thing at yeah. once and not have to worry about, are we going to be able to get the other half? Right, right, yeah. So good luck, <laughs> and sorry I can't help you better. And thanks for playing along. See you next Saturday for Sacrilegious Book Club. See you guys. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. 
Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.